this? Well, but it's it's not pandering. It's something that I believe, <laughs> and I've been saying. I, I know. I, but I, I didn't. I guess I. Uh, come on. Uh, yes, it, it was very foolish of you to not think that that was not going to blow up. Well, I I guess. Which good for you? I'm not. I mean, that's awesome. It's great. I, you know, honestly, though, there there hasn't been really as much pushback as I thought. Um, it's probably the echo chamber that I live in of Sooner fans, but there's been some. But hey, I I've been saying it. Might as well get it documented, right? Do you want to hear a French guy say what you tweeted out this morning? Oh yeah, please. That sounds so terrible. Yeah, I would does. hate to have to talk like that on a daily basis. Uh, yeah, but that I like caught, the French version. Yeah, I it's think. pretty cool. Uh, it caught That caught fire today, though. Dang. Yeah. And you did say it on the show yesterday, but you put it out there on Twitter, and jeez. you got to document it, right? What's the worst that could happen? My hope is that three years from now, if it doesn't happen – it will all be forgotten. Yeah, I think someone took a. I think a lot of someone's took a screenshot of that today, and they're keeping their receipts. Yeah, so I hope, you're, hope you didn't jinx it. Probably right, but I. Hey, I got no problem with that. It's a. It's a prediction that I happen to feel pretty good about. Great about. Okay. I, look, and I. I don't think you're going to get a whole lot of pushback today on the text line, but I guess why are you so confident that it's. Not that it's going to happen, but it's going to happen in such a short amount of time. Just because that's how it normally occurs? I think that there is an historical trend of that happening. Of If it's going to happen, it's going to happen reasonably quick. Um, I, I think that's a, that's a good factor. I think that the staff in place on both sides of the ball is excellent. I think the the facilities are, you know, they want to do some things facility-wise, but the it's not like the facilities are bad. You know, the facilities are, are in good shape. They've got, uh, you know, brand new, really nice weight room. They've got the Headington Hall. They've... They've got upgrades coming. Like facility wise, it's not like we're waiting on something that's we're we're in a horrible position now. Right. And, you know, five years from now we're gonna be looking good. That's just not the case. We've got we've got good enough facilities right now. You know, you, you just gotta continue to to play that game moving forward. I think the I think the recruiting is trending really well. I think the the biggest factor in all of it, though, is, right, and I've said this a bunch, I don't care. Right, I, I expect recruiting to go well, and I think they're going to get good players that they want, that they think fit their their offensive and defensive systems and that fit the culture and philosophy of the program. But, you know, I'm, I'm not that concerned about the recruiting. I I trust that end of it. The best part about the whole thing to me is the culture and the guy in charge. 
and he, he Brent Venables. You do not have to worry about Brent Venables, um, feeling like he's made it right. Like I, I, I definitely don't worry about that. Like, year one, I if really they win that. ten games, you don't have to worry about any He'll easing. Be PO'd off. if they only win ten games yeah. next year. There's not going to be any easing off the pedal, slowing down, feeling like you've arrived, feeling like you've done something special. Um, that season will be thrown in the scrap heap, and what is it? That will be Team 129 coming up next, right? So you don't have to worry about any of that. You don't have to worry about Brent Venables in January and February entertaining offers for the NFL and what may happen. None of that stuff is 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 going to occur. It's going to be head down, work, grind, squeeze every ounce out of these guys. And I I I fully believe and I'm a bit biased and I understand that and I'll accept anyone that points it out. That's fine. But from my experience and I've seen it at several different places, it's not the talent, it's the culture. And I feel like we are on the perfect path to have a championship culture. And it's not going to be easy in the beginning, and they're still in the beginning. But I think they've made some huge leaps from December down at the Alamo Bowl to where they are now. Yeah, there's no doubt. I think anyone who's – you know, I don't think you have to be inside the walls to see that, which is really encouraging. Now – your prediction, people. Some people are asking. Well, some of us has to work for a living. What did Teddy tweet out today? Uh, Teddy tweeted out today. He said, "OU will win a national championship under at Coach Venables within three years." Have a nice day. I really like the "Have a nice day" at the end. Why didn't it you read it good. in French? Oh, you we're not. I got to work on the French voice before I throw that out. Anyway, if you look at the history of this program. It looks like a pretty good prediction because the last two coaches that have won a national championship won it in year two. Bob won it in year two. Barry Switzer won it in year two. And it took uh, Bud, I think it was year four, when he won his first national championship. Now, I'm looking at both Switzer and I'm looking at Bob, and I think the big thing that they had early on in their career was they had a dude, they had a leader at quarterback. Barry Switzer had Steve Davis. He won a ton of games, ton of games. And, of course, Bob Stoops had Josh Heupel. Not just oozing with talent everywhere, but he was the leader of that football team. I think you're right. Culture means more than anything else. And I think the culture will get there. But you're also going to need the players as well. Is he going to have the players at the impact positions within the first three years to be in a position to win a national championship? And I think Dylan Gabriel seems like that type of dude to me. Yeah. Yeah, he does. I think Dylan Gabriel is – I think he's going to be really good. I think that he'll have some limitations. I don't – I don't expect – you never could know – you never know what could happen, but I don't expect Dylan Gabriel to be a Heisman Trophy winner, but I didn't expect Baker Mayfield to be a Heisman sure. Trophy winner either. So you never know what could happen. I mean, you take a guy like Dylan Gabriel and – you know, you put him in a place like Oklahoma and you surround him 
with some excellent players, don't be shocked if you see something special happen. Well, you know, and the more that we talk about it, and there's an obvious comparison between Dylan Gabriel and Josh Heupel because of the left hand, but transferred out from or transferred in from somewhere else, um, kind of the leadership qualities that Dylan Gabriel possesses and that Josh Heupel possesses. Feels like this is Dylan Gabriel's offense right now. Felt like it was Josh Heupel's offense immediately. Again, not the most talented quarterback that we've seen around here, but the guys around him could put him in a chance, and he himself could put himself in a chance to have a great season. I think there's more similarities between those two situations than may, maybe what we originally realized. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, I, Invenables has said this about the transfer portal. I, there's going to be players that they evaluate and – that they, you know, it's just it's just part of it. You have to do that now. It's not going to be where they make a living, but I think that I think that the the way this team is going to play is going to grab some attention. And I think that some of the things that are happening here, as far as like moving to the SEC and uh, and, and maybe that's accelerated here at some point. We don't know, but you know, there's there's a lot of good things that are going on. I would expect the transfer portal to be something that could be a, a, a huge weapon for Oklahoma moving forward at all positions. Yeah. Well, maybe it's year two. Maybe it happens. Maybe you're right. Maybe it happens in year two like it did for Bob and Switzer. And when you kind of project out what the rest of the country is going to look like, it kind of looks similar to what we thought it was going to look like coming into last year, right? Bama's going to be reloading at quarterback with Bryce Young. C.J. Stroud probably going to be the number one overall pick out of Ohio State. Um, Stetson Bennett, I know a lot of people like to dog on him, but he's a quarterback that's won a national championship. Georgia's going to have to find a new player there as well. And we know that those those teams are going to have talented players at those positions, but they're breaking in new quarterbacks. It kind of looks like year two, especially if Gabriel comes back. Might, might we feel very similar to what we felt going into last year, which is how the rest of the country looks compared to what OU at it, that position. I, I, think that's, I think that's possible. I think it's reasonable. I think a lot of that will will depend on on how how Dylan Gabriel plays. I mean, there's a chance that you know Gabriel goes out there and doesn't perform well playing up against uh, better defenses week in week out. I think a lot of people still consider the Big Twelve the no defense league and it absolutely is not the no defense league. It's probably more like the no offense league because of how good the defenses are. Yep. So I mean there's it's gonna be it's gonna be there's a chance it's way more difficult. I I I think that he's going to find uh find that, you know, being surrounded by the players, the offensive line, like there's a lot that has to happen. And just for this season. I mean, you're banking on because the common thought out there is o- Oklahoma's team was was decimated by guys going to the NFL and by guys going to the transfer portal. And if you look at it on paper, that that argument holds water, right? The production, massive chunks of it, are gone. Your quarterbacks, your your leading rusher, um, 
several wideouts, tight ends. Uh, in, on the defensive side, your your pass rushers, like all of that holds water on paper. But like, I expect a massive amount of improvement from the other guys that were on campus, the new guys that have shown up, transfer guys, freshmen. I expect a massive amount of development. Now, is week one – are they going to look like a championship-ready football team? Yes. Oh, no, I was supposed to Well, say yeah, there, they right. probably will against UTEP. <laughs> Week two, will they look like a championship-ready yes. pro- uh, program? I, I bet there's, there's going to be some hiccups along the way. There's going to be some hiccups along the way. But it's going to be uh, a tougher team, physically tougher, more, you know, more, uh, more punishing of a football team offensively and defensively. It is what I've been banging the table for for years. It's going to be a detail-oriented football team, offensively, defensively, special teams. All of those things I think are going to factor in and make it overall uh, what I would consider a a team that's in a better position given the right sprinkling of talent and guys like coming awake and finding something in their game – you sprinkle some of those guys in, you got something special. Yeah. All right, we got to get to Bob Stoops coming up next. No big deal. I yeah, you just, you know, he's just waiting. All right, let's go. Let's let's uh let's hit a break. We'll we'll have Coach Stoops on next. Quick break. Uh keep hitting the text line. We'll get to those after Coach Stoops. 651-3439 Air Comfort Solutions text line. Stay with us.
It is the rush. Tyler McComas, Teddy Lehman, Air Coverage Solutions, text line 405-651-3439. Hopefully we'll catch up with Bob Stoops here shortly, but a lot to ask him, including a story that I read today on Saturday Down South. Now, huh. I had no idea about this until today, but it's fascinating. So the new Marvel movie, Thor, yeah. is um, is out in theaters right now. Have you have you seen it? No. I guess the guy that uh, wrote Thor, not like the movie, just kind of the original concept of the idea. Gotcha, yeah. He is a big-time Alabama fan. And I guess he admitted to a writer at USA Today that he was asked, like, hey, has any of your Alabama fandom ever worked its way into one of the, uh, you know, any, any of your Marvel comics? And he basically said how he fictionally destroyed an Oklahoma town in the Thor comics after Bama lost to OU in the Sugar Bowl back in January of 2014. So, (laughs) yeah, he's a huge Bama fan. OU beats Alabama in that Sugar Bowl, and then that kind of inspired whoever. I don't know anything about Marvel movies or Thor. I don't either. Sorry. But the town of Broxton, Oklahoma, gets destroyed. Fort Cobb, Broxton, like that's a consolidated school in the state. Um, but yeah, I mean, the guy basically admitted, I'm a huge Bama fan. I wanted to get back in some way. So I had in the comic a town in Oklahoma get destroyed after they beat my Crimson Tide in the Sugar Bowl. Isn't that wild? That is hilarious. So I can't imagine living in Broxton and being a comic book fan and maybe you read thor and the new issue has your hometown getting destroyed i know are you like super excited or super bummed when you see your hometown get destroyed i think you gotta be pretty excited yeah that that's that's funny wow (laughs) ah look at that Coach Stoops and the 2013 Sooners influencing pop culture. He said it may not be, uh, let's see, there are several sports references that have made their way into my work. When I first took over Thor, the status quo was that Asgard has descended to Earth and was floating above Oklahoma. It may not be a complete coincidence that Oklahoma had just trashed Alabama in the Sugar Bowl, and around the same time, I destroyed the town of Broxton, Oklahoma. It served the story, but I can't say I didn't take some joy from enacting some fictional uh, revenge on the state of Oklahoma. (laughs) There you go. Bob Stoops got Broxton, Oklahoma destroyed. What do I always say? Oklahoma is the center of the universe, right? The comic book universe. There we go. Uh, once again, point proven. I wa- has anyone seen the new Thor movie? Is Broxton, Oklahoma, do they, they get destroyed on the big screen? I have not seen the new uh, Thor movie. I have seen the new Top Gun movie. Amazing. That's oh, so good. I have seen um, most of, at least half of the Terminal List on Amazon. Have you seen that? Uh, no. Oh, 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 man. You'll love it. Amazing. You, you know what I'm watching right now, and I'm watching one thing only. The Peaky Blinders is oh, what that's we're... Right. That's it, man. That's, that's where okay. all my attention is that's focused okay. on right and That's now. got like several seasons to it, right? Well, there's only like six episodes, so it's not that big of a deal. Gotcha. Gotcha. Well, put Terminal List on your list... After you're done with Peaky Blinders. It ain't going to get better. Uh, You might as well turn the channel after that. It's not going to get better from Teddy from here on out. Right. Uh, In the movies, they moved it from Oklahoma to New Mexico. 
that means Trevor Knight is part of the Marvel Universe now. Uh, just saw it on Friday. Nothing about Oklahoma in it at all. Peyton's- the, well, hang on. Go back up. Yeah. In the movies, they moved it from Oklahoma to New Mexico. Is that the new one? Oh, hopefully it's Vermejo, New Mexico now that gets destroyed. Kind of the same thing, right? <laughs> Basically. <laughs> the population of Broxton is less than five. Yeah, I probably would have guessed that. Yeah, if you're going to destroy a town, it was nice of him to pick the least populated town in the <laughs> entire state of Oklahoma. The terminal list, Wowzers. I guess that's an endorsement. Uh, I think so. Hey, if you're in Broxton and you drive over the stop sign at the four-way stop, did you technically destroy the town of Broxton? Is that all of it, all it takes? Like, what structure is there from the city? There's got to be couple a couple It's got to be an old silo in there somewhere, right? <laughs> silo. That's that's like the above shot right there. The silo getting destroyed. Yeah, let's head on down to the co-op. <laughs> it's right next to Fort Cobb. <laughs> it's got the gotta be. That's funny. All right, terminal list is amazing. I got it. Okay, maybe I'll do something about it. I'm boycotting all Thor movies. That's on the text line now. Nice. I I didn't even know it, but I have a, a running boycott of Thor movies. I don't think I've ever seen one. Now, I guess Thor was in, like, the Avengers or something like that. I, look, I'm swimming in the deep end on this conversation. I kind of I, I know nothing. I do love Batman. I think Batman is amazing. But outside of that, superhero movies, I'm not up to speed on. Sorry. I, when it comes to Batman, I like the Christian Bell group of Batmans the best. And I know they've done, like, 15 before that and 15 since. I've... I pretty much have turned off all Batman. It's over. I don't think it can get better than those. So I've. It's actually nice to not be forced to uh, have to go check them all out. So all right, I'm good on let's, Batman. Let's uh, let's explain to Bob exactly what we were talking about. Okay, Bob. I don't know if someone told you this or you heard it uh, this week, but um, the movie Thor is out right now in theaters, and I guess the guy that originally wrote Thor, like the. Uh, what do you call it, comic Teddy? The, the, the comic book of it. You guys beat Alabama in that Sugar Bowl, and the guy that wrote Thor, which has become a big deal, is a big-time Alabama fan. And basically he admitted that he destroyed the town of Broxton, Oklahoma, in the comics because you guys beat his favorite <laughs> Alabama team in the Sugar Bowl. So I guess what's your reaction to a, a comic book guy destroying a town in Oklahoma after you beat his favorite team? Well, I don't know what he means by destroyed. I think we would have heard about it. So maybe he threw a glass in the bar, but that seems a little severe, I think. For uh, But anyway, so be it. Um, yeah, I'm not much on uh, those kind of movies, so I wouldn't. I hadn't seen it or heard about it, but uh, I hadn't heard that story. But that's a good one, but I'd like to know the definition of destroyed the town. Well, it's a tiny town, so I think you're right. Throwing a, a glass in the bar, I think, uh, pretty much does the job. But, you know, just going back to that game, though, that had to be um, that had to be one of the – I mean, you've, gosh, played in so many big bowl games against so many good teams. and um, But that one was – that was so fun. That's one of the, the, the best environments I've been to. So many fans down there. Gosh, there, it seemed like there was 50 former players there on the sideline. Everyone was going crazy. AD, that was cool. AD was right there on yeah. the sideline going crazy. That was fun. Yeah, no, it was a special one for sure. 
and I felt it ahead of the game. I knew, you know, every, a lot had been made about my comments, which weren't, were, again, taken like everyone mm-hmm. does. I, you know, they just took a piece of what I said about the SEC. So I knew my players knew it. And I could tell before the game they, they had my back and, and they were ready to play. And, uh, you know, and so fortunately we went out and played a heck of a game. And little backstory to that game, you know, we beat Oklahoma State at the end of the year, but we weren't going to win the Big 12 championship, right? Mm-hmm. So we're leaving the field, and Joe Castiglione's, I'm asking about what you think of bowl things. He says, there's still a chance we can get a BCS bowl. I said, what? Or, uh, you know, one of the major bowls. I said, you're kidding. He goes, no. So I, can never, I can't ever sleep after games. I'm still always too wound up. And middle of the night, 4.35 in the morning, I'm kind of going through our game, watching it and making notes on how we played, what we did, you know, each side of the ball. And then I see ESPN, the ticker tape starts going through. And I see Sugar Bowl, Oklahoma versus <laughs> – Alabama. <laughs> like, <laughs> I guess we're in. So I go, I'm getting cleaned up to go into the office early, and my Carol says to me, what, so what'd you find out? Because she knew there was a possibility. I said, you want the good news or the bad news? <laughs> she, she goes, what do you mean? I go, well, she goes, give me the good news. I go, we're playing in the Sugar Bowl. She goes, so what's the bad news? I said, we're playing Alabama. <laughs> She goes, she didn't skip a beat. She goes, and they're over there saying, oh, no, we got to play Oklahoma. That's right. That's awesome. I was like, I I carried that attitude. I said, that's a good attitude. I said, I love that. So uh, that was our attitude. That's awesome. Hey, um, not not a whole lot of people last week were – all that upset with the all Big 12 selections, what no no offensive players select on the first team, no defensive players, just had the one punter. You think those guys are going to use that as motivation? Are they not paying attention to it at all? How do, how do you think they're approaching that? Well, I don't know. I know everybody doesn't really, whether you're picked or not, you got to go earn it, and I think our guys know that. I think it'll put a chip on a lot of guys' shoulders, though, that we'll see. You know uh, what kind of players we've got, and and I think they'll respond. And I I think at the end of the year we'll have multiple on both sides of the ball. So, uh, but you know, in the end, you got to go get it one way or the other, whether you're picked in preseason or not. No, it it is interesting. Surprising though that yeah. there there wouldn't be any. It is. It 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 really is. And I'm with you. I think by the end of the season, you're going to have uh, several guys that are going to emerge. Uh, I saw this. I thought this was fascinating. Uh, Barry Trammell put this this article out, oh gosh, maybe last week or over the weekend. Um, there hasn't been an All-American since uh, CeeDee Lamb in, in 2019. And CeeDee Lamb signed whenever you were head coach. So there, during the Lincoln-Riley era as head coach, there – Lincoln Riley recruited players. There was no All-Americans, which, first of all, this is an amazing stat. And you probably know this, but I was shocked by it. There's only three years since you took over that there wasn't a first-team All-American. Wow. 2005, 2012, and uh, 2014, which, you know, some schools have three All-Americans in their history. You know, to have three years where you didn't have – uh, a first teamer is amazing. Right? What do you think of the talent level right now? Is 
is can that be explained by recruiting? Can that be explained by development, or is it just one of those things that has just kind of occurred? Well, I you know it's I think always everything when you're talking about players' success is recruiting and development. I mean that's that's the name of the game, and and uh, yeah, I I, uh, I thought Barry had an interesting article too the year. Uh, that that I stepped out, we had 12 on the first and second team, all Big 12 preseason. So, um, you know, it's uh, it is it, it's not a positive situation if you're Oklahoma. We're going into the year with not one guy, you know, predicted on the preseason. I don't know if that's ever happened with us. I, that'd be interesting to look up um, if that's ever happened before, uh, but. Anyway, um, I, I think, you know, Brand will do a great job and his staff developing these guys and they'll be hungry and have an attitude about it. And, you know, in the end, we'll have them. But, uh, you know, that, that I was surprised when I when I read that as well. Um, but again, I, I think, uh, you know, our, our guys will, you know, rise to the occasion and we'll have some at the end of the year. But, you know, we'll see. But, you know, through. The other part of that is, you know, guys transferring out, not being able to, for whatever reason, you know, didn't make it here or decided to leave, whatever it is, uh, you know, that adds into it too. But, um, yeah, that's not a great, that's not a, a you know, a, that's not a great indication, you know, just coming into the year like that. Bob Stoops is our guest, brought to you by Modelo. Um Teddy sent out an interesting tweet earlier today. He basically said Brent Venables <laughs> is going to win a national championship in the first three years. Well, I hope he does. Listen, he's taken over. You know, if anyone can do it after what we did in 2000, it's Brent. He knows the formula. He knows how we did it. And this, and even though we don't maybe have but one preseason all Big 12 pick, uh, he got taken over the program we took over back in 99. So um, they were a lot further ahead than we were then and in every way. So, um, you know, it can be done. And, uh, you know, and I, I really believe in Brent and, you know, all they've done at Clemson the last 10 years and what he did with us here, that he, he knows what it takes. And, and so, you know, so hopefully that can, you know, that can happen. You know, <laughs> thinking back to the other part of the other question you guys were just talking about, you know, of all the years, you know, we were there. We we maybe recruited a little bit better than people gave us credit for back in the day, and found guys like Teddy, Sam Bradford ended up best in the country at their position that weren't highly recruited. So you know, stars don't indicate everything. Well, I I think I I think development and culture is critical for that. Um, I, I was I was chuckling there because. I was thinking back to, you know, I was going to ask you about what it is with the when a coach takes over, you know, whenever you've seen great coaches take over programs, and it has to be it typically has to be a program that maybe has been down, but it feels like there can be a, a such a a huge swell of momentum in the first 1, 2, 3 years that you really have to capitalize. It feels like you have to capitalize on that and do something special to build on it. You, you 
is there any way to explain like why that happens or why we see that at different places that it's yeah. typically early whenever a coach takes over that things really get going quickly? Well, you know, it, uh, hopefully it does. It is, you know, everybody has new energy, new excitement, a different method, different way of doing things. And, uh, you know, if you could get it to take fire and take off, you know, it spreads. And, um, you know, the lucky ones that get it going like that, um, really, it, it just spreads like wildfire. I thought everyone talks about our 2000 year. I thought when we beat A&M, defending Big 12 champs, ranked high, and we beat them in homecoming, what was it, 51 to 6 or 50, what, 50 to 7, yep. whatever it was, in homecoming, that, that sparked us. That, that, then, you know, we had kind of finally, we had been in some earlier games, Texas, Notre Dame, where we lost late and we had leads early. And I thought in that game, we finally learned how to finish games and how to, you know, how to fight to the end and how to win. And, and it took fire after that, you know, so I think that bled into the next season. Yeah. Well, there may be a point this this coming season where they have a, have a pivotal moment like that, and who knows, maybe they may start out and do something special from the beginning. They're going to have some tough early games. That one in Nebraska is going to be a lot of fun. Uh, yeah, I know that coaching staff, that team, that fan base, this is going to be one of those that they've got circled for a long time. It's, it's kind of a pivotal moment in that program if they're going to get things rolling. Oh, definitely. And, hey, it went down to the last series last year, um, you know, and uh, I, I believe it was a one score. What was it? Yeah, that's Three right. 23-16, uh, yeah, something like that. Game. Yeah, yeah. Now, I think we were, you know, hanging on at the end. And uh, so they're, they lost a lot of really close, tough games last year. <laughs> uh, I thought they were much better than the record indicated. I think they lost um, like 10 they were three and nine. They lost nine by single digits, eight by one yeah. score. Yeah. Never happened. Before. And, that's, and you know, to me, it's just some penalties, some foolish penalties here or there, or not taking care of the football a time or two. Just, just had the wrong mistake at the wrong time too many times, and that's how it, that's how you end up with a year like that. But they were much better team than than their record indicated. I felt that way being you know at Fox Sports being on the big noon kickoff show i watched them a lot and i was like man there's no way they should have this record and uh but they did when you when you have foolish penalties at the wrong time and turnovers it's going to lead to losses trying to plan for my trip to lincoln you guys think that rock and roll tequila they serve that up there in lincoln or if i bring some (laughs) bottles up there that's fighting words well we'll bring a few cases up spread around good deal i like that good stuff (laughs) hey coach we appreciate you stopping by the show it's always fun to have you on thanks a lot all right guys good to be with you boomer sooner boomer sooner yeah awesome that was fun that was good stuff uh, a lot of nice little nuggets in there from Coach Stoops. All right, let's hit a quick timeout. We're late. Uh, hit us on the Air Comfort Solutions text line 
Citra Oklahoma Buick GMC dealers bringing you our number one of the rush. Good stuff as always from Coach Bob Stoops. It's brought to you by Modelo. What a ride or die Carol Stoops is. Talk about hashtag relationship goals. Awesome, right? You want to hear the good news or the bad news? The good news, we're playing at a BCS Bowl. The bad news, we're playing Alabama. And then she says without hesitation, well, they're probably sitting over there saying, uh-oh, we got to play Oklahoma. <laughs> they go out and win. Dang. You think uh, you think uh, nice, Carol? That was a good one. You think at the same exact time in Tuscaloosa, Nick Saban was having the same conversation with Miss Terry. Miss Terry, yeah. Well, bad news is we're playing Oklahoma. That's awesome. That's great. Fantastic. Isn't that a crazy stat? I didn't. I didn't know that stat. That that is. That's mind blowing. And just well, I mean, what it does is. It shows the level of consistency that they that he had over a long period of time. I mean, if the conference championships or the big games or I mean, there were so many metrics to show the level of consistency. But that one, that one's up there, man. That one's really, really up there. It's and, and it also shows me too that it wasn't a program that was dictated solely by one or two positions or. One particular side of the ball. I mean, there were obviously more times where one side of the ball was more dominant than the other, but Lincoln, I mean, he was only going to have a quarterback on the list or a wide receiver on the list or, you know, a a, a skilled talent player. That shows me Bob had players all over the field that that were mixed in there over the years. Yeah. Yeah, it's wild. Some some schools, like I said, have zero – one, two, a handful of All-Americans going back to the beginning of college football. And that run is just unbelievable. Only three years since 2000. 05, 2012, 2014. The only years Oklahoma uh, under Bob Stoops did not have a first-team All-American. Crazy how consistent that is. And, you know, the it goes to the point, though, like the conversation was about there's yet to be a Lincoln-Riley recruited player that has made All-American. And, you know, is that going to happen? Does it say something about the talent level, the recruiting level? Development for me. I mean, well, that's, that's what it says to me. Here's the thing is – I don't know how many recruiting classes Coach Stoops had that were in the top five, six, seven. I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm sure there. I mean, there, there were some. more. Yeah, I mean, there were definitely some. I mean, maybe even more than kind of you know what you think. But yeah, I mean, he wasn't recruiting bums. But yeah, was he right. having Texas again? I Texas has out recruited OU 14 out of the past 21 years. So. I guess what I'm saying though is, it's not like it's not like Coach Stoops had the the uh, top three recruiting class every single year. That just yeah, right. flat out was not the case. Um, and, and I know Lincoln didn't, but they're, the final grades of those recruiting classes are probably in the range of one another. So it has to kind of lead you to that that development situation. And that's one of the reasons that I've said in three years, um, I think it's going to happen. I think it's going to happen because of the development. So – those All-Americans, I believe, are about to start showing up from Lincoln-Riley recruited players because 
I think those players are about to be developed like crazy. Well, Bob Stoops turned uh, John Blake players into All-Americans, right? That's right. Cue the text line saying that uh, Bob Stoops won with John Blake's players. There was three John Blake All-Americans. Do you know who they were? Uh, Rocky would be one. Roy would be one. and Tough one. Oh, my gosh. Offense or defense? Uh, special teams. Special teams. That would have been – was he was he an All-American in, in 1999? Is it J.T. Thatcher? Is that who it is? Uh, it is J.T. Thatcher. Okay. Wait, no, no. Roy Williams was not on there. Well, who's the three then? It's um, Rocky Kalmus, J.T. Thatcher – and Jeff Ferguson. Okay, yeah, I wouldn't have got Jeff Ferguson. No way. Right. Yeah. Pretty pretty wild that that list of, of guys. That's crazy. Which I'm I was trying to think because you mentioned uh Roy Williams. I thought he was a Blake recruit. Well, he played in the TCU game where Blake That's was right. the head coach. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, yeah they, so he should be on there. He should be That's on there. That's why you were confusing me. I'm yeah. like, I'm pretty sure that he played in the Blake era, huh? Yeah. That that's right. That should be on there. And I don't think it was listed in the article, but maybe I'm not uh, – I, I could have I could have missed it. That's but. probably the most likely <laughs> yes. cause, if we're being honest. Yeah. If you're going to make a, a quick decision on who made a mistake, myself or Barry Trammell, uh, point that finger right here. All right, quick timeout. More from The Rush coming up. We'll wrap up hour number one next. It is the rush on the ref. Tyler McComas, Teddy Lehman here, live on the home of Sooner fans. Big 12 Media Day gets started tomorrow. OU won't be there till Thursday. Uh, but Big 12 Media Day getting underway tomorrow. Scale of 1 to 10, 10 being the highest. What's your, uh, what's your interest level going into this thing? Uh, two <laughs> or less. Right. Now, I mean, it, <laughs> that will change if someone or something happens like it did last year at SEC Media Days. But we scanned through Big 12 Media Days. That's whenever we got the uh, Bowlesby comment about I'm not losing sleep yeah. at night. Well, Kansas didn't even show up last year. Remember yeah. that whole deal? Bowlesby said what um, – Oklahoma understands the contract. We understand the contract. It it feels like all the main storylines going into this thing really have nothing to do at all with OU because OU is going to the SEC. What are the storylines going in? Uh, Here's an article that says realignment chatter. All right. Baylor atop the polls. Well, hang on a second, though. Realignment chatter, I I guess with Pac-12 stuff, but like Pac-12, Big 12 merger – but that doesn't seem like a well. You know, media going to show up tomorrow. Well, you guys going to add Utah? What about the Arizona skills? Phoenix is a good market. <laughs> That's true. I I guess I don't find that as much of a a very interesting storyline. Yeah. Well, but, there's there's going to be some attention on the new Big Twelve commissioner, but file that underway in storylines that now, we don't really care about. If, if the USC UCLA news would have broke today, 
and then it hit them all by surprise while they're at the podium tomorrow. Now, that would have been something worth worth paying attention to. All right. Hour number one's in the books. More from the rush coming up. Keep the text line going. 651-3439. Hour number two starts next.